0: Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you're searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest series is called Nehemiah and Rebuilding Hope. It's based on my book, Nehemiah, Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. It has an imprimatur and a built-in study guide. Today, I'm inviting you to join a Cup of Joy women's group. You can invite a few friends to join you in listening to the podcast, then meet over coffee each week to go through the study questions. For more information, go to wrapyourselfinjoy.com and look for Cup of Joy Women. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Hello, welcome to Wrap Yourself in Joy. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you are listening to podcast number six, Of the Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope series. It's based on my book, Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. Today, the podcast on chapter five of Nehemiah is entitled, Riled Up? Nehemiah says, Step Back First. Last week, we read in Nehemiah chapter four that the people were making excellent progress at rebuilding the walls and gates of Jerusalem. But when the greater persecution came, they were fearful. So Nehemiah prayed and called the people to stand guard at the gates, to work in teams, and to rebuild with a sword for protection in one hand and bricks in the other. He said, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your kin, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So they returned to the wall, and the rebuilding project was looking good thanks to the faithfulness of God the leadership of Nehemiah, and the great participation of the people. But in chapter 5, we will hear an outcry from the people, as opposition now moves from without to within. So let's read excerpts from Nehemiah 5, 1-5. through Now there was a great outcry of the people and of their wives against their Jewish kin. For there were those who said, With our sons and our daughters, we are many. We must get grain so that we may eat and stay alive. There were also those who said, We are having to pledge our fields, our vineyards, and our houses in order to get grain during the famine. Others said, We're having to borrow money on our fields and vineyards to pay the king's tax. And we're forcing our sons and daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters have been ravished and our fields and vineyards now belong to others. Nehemiah said, I was very angry when I heard their outcasts and their complaints. After thinking it over, I brought charges against the nobles and the officials. While many were in poverty, inflation had been rampant. The Persian king had taken much of the monetary coins out of circulation via taxes so the coins could be melted down and stored as silver or gold. The nobles, probably those who refused to work on the wall, acquired land, which removed it from production, and thus food prices had risen for a Jewish family by as much as 50%. In order to pay the taxes, it seems that the families would borrow money from others using their own children as collateral. Thus, if loans could not be repaid, their children and even their wives and men would be sold into bondage as slaves. The morale of the people was already very, very low because of the threats from their enemies. Their stress was compounded with physical exhaustion, drought, lack of food, taxes, financial crisis. Their troubles were overwhelming. Now they faced opposition from their own ranks. They needed to be reminded of who they were as God's people and how they must choose to follow God's ways and God's commandments. Nehemiah was very angry, as he indicated. He and others were pouring their lives into helping rebuild Jerusalem, including much personal sacrifice. However, the people were forgetting God in their behavior and His commands. For example, Leviticus 25 and Deuteronomy 23 instruct the people that if they lend money to the poor, they should not charge them interest. Nehemiah did not run into the situation screaming at the people, though he felt like it. And he felt like they deserved his angst. No, instead, he stepped back. He thought about it. He cooled down. He took the time to control his emotions and hold his head together. Here, he gives us a first example in resolving conflict from within our ranks. Step back. Think it over. And never release your anger directly on others even if you know it's justified. Well, let's keep reading Nehemiah 7 through 13. Nehemiah wrote, After thinking it over, I brought charges against the nobles and the officials. I said to them, You are all taking money from your own people. And I called a great assembly to deal with them and said to them, As far as we are able, we have brought back our Jewish kindred who have been sold to other nations. But now you are selling your own kin, who must then be brought back to us they were silent. They couldn't find a word to say. So I said, the thing that you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God to prevent the taunts of the nations and our enemies? Moreover, I and my brothers and my servants are lending them money and grain. Let us stop this taking of interest. Restore to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, their olive orchards and their houses and the interest on money grain wine and oil that you've been exacting from them then they said we will restore everything i also shook out the fold of my garment and said so may god shake out everyone from house and from property who does not perform this promise and all the assembly said amen and they praised the lord so next we see Nehemiah stood up and confronted the nobles and the officials who were extracting the interest in enslaving their own brethren and children. After Nehemiah had collected his thoughts, he knew how to respond. He implored these officials to repent of their sin, change directions, and walk in the fear of the Lord by following his law. Number two, to stop the behavior of charging the interest. And number three, restore everything that had been taken. Here, Nehemiah shows us that there is a time to stand up for truth and speak the truth, calling others to live their faith. Using the Word of God, or Torah at the time, in a conciliatory manner, he spoke the truth to them. The Word pierced their hearts, and they couldn't find a word to say. He shared how he was lending by example at his own cost. Then the officials gave him their promise. In one dramatic, prophetic act, symbolizing the importance and solemnity of their oath. Nehemiah shook out the fold of his garment. In this, he emphasized that judgment would come to those who did not keep their oath before God. The assembly confirmed it with a passionate amen, and they praised the Lord and did as they had promised. Let's keep reading excerpts from Nehemiah five fourteen through 19. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the twentieth year to the thirty-second year of King Artaxerxes, twelve years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allowance of the governor. The former governors, who were before me, laid heavy burdens on the people and took food and wine from them besides forty shekels of silver. Even their servants lorded it over the people. But I did not do so because of the fear of God. Indeed, I devoted myself to the work on the wall, and I acquired no land. Moreover, there were at my table 150 people, Jews and officials, besides those who came to us from the nations around us. Now that which was prepared for one day was one ox and six choice sheep, and fowls were prepared for me, and every ten days skins of wine in abundance. Yet with all this I did not demand the food allowance of the governor because of the heavy burden of labor on the people. Remember, for my good, O my God, all that I have done for this people. Nehemiah kept his focus on building the wall. The next verses say Nehemiah was the governor for 12 years, which Nehemiah may have inserted later in his memoirs at a later date to emphasize his sacrifice and service to the people. The previous governors, Demanded food and land allotments from the citizens in order to support their own palaces. Instead, Nehemiah used his money earned as a cupbearer. He chose to use his own wealth to support the poor and suffering people of Jerusalem instead of gaining financial opportunity from his position. He worked more for God's approval, Nehemiah led by godliness. He forgave the people and he expected them to reform as promised. Nehemiah concluded with a beautiful prayer. Remember for my good, O my God, all that I have done for this people. Nehemiah was asking God for continued grace as he was following God's call to do this work. He was not asking for present rewards, but was saying, I am doing all these things the best I can, being led by you for your glory. I need your continued help and counsel. Most importantly, he was praying that the Lord would remember him when it comes to eternal life and rewards. We too can pray. Remember me, O my God, all that I have done for your people. And the Lord promises he will remember us. Hebrews 6.10-11 says this, God is not unfair. He will not forget the work you did or the love you showed for him in the help you gave and are still giving to other Christians. Our great desire is that each of you keep up your eagerness to the end so that things you hope, the better blessings of salvation, will come true. Well, let's close with personal reflection on the principles that apply to our lives. So far, Nehemiah has taught us that no opposition is beyond God's hand of deliverance when we come to Him in prayer and faith. God wants to lead us when we turn to Him. We will not escape opposition from without or from within, but we need to plan in advance as Nehemiah models. Number one, step back. Do not be led by anger. Instead, step back and collect your thoughts weigh down any angry response. It never works to respond with emotions. Ephesians 4.26 says this, Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Two, stand up. Call those God followers around you to be God followers. In love, confront Christians with the Word of God when they are sinning against Him. Forgive always. First Timothy 5.20 says this, as for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, so that the rest also may stand in fear. Three, focus. Keep your focus on what God has called you to do. Keep building. Pray always. Never give up. In Luke 18.1, Jesus told his disciples a parable to teach them that they should always pray and never give up or be discouraged. Number four, remember the poor. Do not take advantage of the less fortunate. Instead, help them. Psalm 15.5 says, Do not lend money at interest, and do not take a bribe against the innocent. And number five, pray with Scripture. We can pray as Nehemiah did. Remember me, O my God, and all that I have done for your people. In this prayer, we also remind ourselves that our rewards are eternal, That when we choose to follow Jesus as His disciple and do His work in building up others in Christ, the reward for sure will come when we meet Christ in the end. Well, that's it for the podcast today. I'm so happy that you've joined our Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope series. You can find bookmarks for this series on my website, WrapYourselfInJoy.com, or follow along with my book, Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. Please consider inviting a few friends over for coffee or tea every week for just one hour to discuss the free study that accompanies this podcast. It's called A Cup of Joy Women's Group, and it's a great way to encourage and gently evangelize others. I will provide you with all the free resources. For more information, go to my website and click under the menu tab, Cup of Joy Women, and I will send you all you need, and we'll even meet with you via Zoom to get you started. Until next week, please know that I am praying for you, that you will grow in hope and joy and the love of God as we study Nehemiah together. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit me on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about my books, download free bookmarks, and connect with me. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app and invite a friend to join you too. You can download the show notes from today at com. Until next week, this is your friend Karen Dwyer reminding you to wrap yourself in joy.